from Leeds with love on his manager's secret service meant for Derby's eyes only and oh, what a spectre it turned out to be. Leeds and their licence to thrill Bielsa will never say never again. What an octopussy. Probably can't say that, can we? But I like it. This is The League Show, the totally football league show. Whilst Derby didn't like the Leeds tactics, we've a tinker, a tailor and a spy to decipher what went down in the EFL this weekend. First up, Goldeneye himself, Adrian Clark. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's, I'll take that. It sounds vaguely filthy, but maybe I'm thinking about too much to do with a story that's coming up. Then there was Dr. No No Limits, Sam Parkin. Did you ever rave out to that? No, yeah, of course. No, no. Probably a bit. Who bit, was it? Too Unlimited. Oh, it was Too I Unlimited. Saw them live. Did you? Culture's the Hippodrome. Are <laughs> you raving? 1994? I don't know. <laughs> Were you glow stick ahoy? No. Good. And finally, from William Hill, always raking it in on a moon shadow scale somewhere, our own Hugo Drax, aka Joe Crilly. Hello. You strike me as someone actually that would like a good spy film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was the right answer. This all makes me. M. Did we enjoy Spygate? Has everyone just got a bit too hot about it? And was it really something out of nothing? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if anyone's seen it. David Priest of this parish wrote a really good article, which I agreed with, I think, 99%. But I don't think that lead should be penalised, to be to be honest. I don't think it's great. My concern moving forward would be it happens again and um, clubs would start employing security the boys that are out on the training pitch would probably boot balls in their direction and it might get a little bit ugly so I think a slap on the wrist is probably enough personally I quite like his creativeness very thorough we know meticulous in his preparation isn't he Bielsa so so I kind of admired it even though I totally got where Lampard was coming from you you feel a bit invaded don't you Your, your privacy the simple answer for Derby is grow some trees, plant some, plant some big trees and just block it all off. Most clubs do that. I mean, most clubs do make sure that their first team trains in the most, uh, the furthest pitch away from sight yeah. uh, and away from the roads and stuff. So, that, yeah, it's just something they have to think about moving forward. But no no punishment for Leeds, in my view. Growing trees is, is kind of a long-term... <laughs> yeah, or plant some big ones. <laughs> Speaking of which... No, we'll get to Gavin White in a minute. Uh, uh, Joe, the serious side to this, I guess, from a betting point of view, is actually if you can use that information to push towards something else, to to making further gain out of it. And and I've seen that this week, but I've also seen the media this week saying, oh, no, this is is really bad. And yet how many times have they all tried to get the team news ahead of a game? Yeah, I don't think it affects betting too much all you need to do is have a decent scouting network just watch games to basically know what teams are going to do yes they're going to tweak tactics and whatnot but if uh, a man can't stand in the bushes with a pair of binoculars then what can a man do in this day and age (laughs) i I did love the fact they had pliers and a change of clothes it really did sort of uh, crank it up a little bit uh from one story to another and there's absolutely nothing to link the two gavin white oxford united and northern ireland's forward we shall go with the bbc statement on this he's warned after lewd act on video uh for those that i was about to say for those that haven't seen it don't go um seeking it out unacceptable says manager michael o'neill michael o'neill has said uh northern ireland of course in reaction to this he was disciplined by his club oxford united after he exposed himself in the street while on a night out at home in northern ireland does anyone want to comment on this other than the fact that oxford united fans i'll be reading this morning saying why have we got something else associated with our club that just makes us look daft Anyone want to comment? Well, he's, he's just an idiot, isn't he? he, he he's not thought about the consequences at all. He's, he, he thinks he's having a laugh with it with his buddies. 
but now that it's all out there on social media, it, it just it makes him look awful. And he is going to have to prepare himself for an awful lot of chance uh, against him. We know the the chant that is most likely to be used, and he's just going to have to swallow it, isn't he? Um, but but there you go. It's just one of those things. He yeah. What 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 a donut is my reaction to that. <laughs> what a donut! Uh, again, so many puns that could be used for this. Um, but all we'll say is he's a normally a fine, upstanding individual, and you're all big kids. It's a white mess. Let's move on, shall we? Into the. <laughs> You're listening to the Totally Football League Show in association with William Hill. Now, we're all big kids here, so we're going to move on into the Championship, where Karanka has left Forest, asking where did it all go wrong as they lost to Reading. Stoke have brought in Nathan Jones, you've been gone too long, which brings them no joy against Brentford. Hull continue their fine form and can now smell the place of a playoff. Ipswich have a shock win, although safety not quite a scent there. Elsewhere, Norwich have a less shocking equaliser in the 83rd minute, and the Blades find themselves in second place as a result. We are, though, going to start with the newest gunslinger in town. Nottingham Forest have appointed club legend Martin O'Neill. Many on social media asking if it's ever right to go back. But he was, is a Forest player who they loved and adored. Right decision? I like it, personally. I think it is the nostalgic choice, no doubt about that. But I don't think we should ignore his credentials as a manager. I know that he's been with Ireland for a while and he was working with a very limited group of players at international level, which which forced a certain style of play. Now, I don't necessarily buy into the fact that he, he will then replicate that at the City ground. He's got some really exciting forward players and I think he will give them confidence and just tell them how wonderful they are and unleash them. And he is also very good at organising defences. And and if if there is a weakness for, for Forrest, I felt it probably is at the back, maybe in the full-back areas in particular. So, no, I, I like it. I think that he he could cajole Nottingham Forest at exactly the right time in the season. Player-wise, I think they have a squad that's, that's good enough to make the playoffs. And, um, yeah, it's exciting to have him back. Look at his record for, for Villa, for, for Celtic, obviously, for Wickham back in the day. All of the clubs, even, even Sunderland, he was, he was pretty good at. It's not shabby. So I think Forrest have got themselves a really intellectual manager that will also motivate the team. You say not shabby. Henry Winter has written a piece likening him to Solskjaer coming into Manchester United, saying both are a bit of a, a gamble. There's been questions over perhaps the way that Republic of Ireland set up in some of his later games and whether that was too negative. Is it a gamble? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm struggling to see the logic myself. Um just because it's been a long time since he had success at that level. I mean, going back over 20 years when he obviously revitalised Leicester and got them into the top flight. Uh, I played with a number of lads at Wickham and at Leicester who swore by him, his, his motivational skills. The organisation is something that will probably be a given defensively. But yeah, for a fan base that are disappointed at Karanka leaving, I think maybe the chairman's doing this to appease the fan base currently. I don't see it as an appointment to move them forward the next two or three years, certainly, maybe till the end of this season. But I thought promotion was what the owner wanted and he wanted it quickly. So I find it a strange appointment from that respect. It's going to be a massive onus on his coaching staff. Steve Guppy, I think, is being rumoured to come in. Mm. But Roy Keane, it just doesn't sit particularly well with me. I don't, you know, it's, They've looked prickly, those two. I know he's always prickly, uh, mm. Roy Keane, but Martin O'Neill's such a likeable guy. Normally, when you've seen him during his, his tenure at Ireland, it's, it, it, his demeanour has been very miserable. So it's, it's a bit strange. I just think it's a really different job. And, and you, you only get 
you know, selected to, to work at international level if you know what you're doing at club level. And that, that's the reason he got the job. He, he has proven. It's a long time out of it, but let's be honest, with Ireland, he's, he's done a lot of scouting in the Championship. Um, so I'm sure he's been been across it. I think let's give him a chance. It, it, personally, I think it's it's quite a nice appointment and I hope that it's a success. It'd be a great story if it is. Nice doesn't win you football matches and they kind of do him up like a kipper with a statement at the end. O'Neill will be aiming to take the club back into the top flight of English football and make the miracle happen again. I don't know if there's any odds, Joe, on, on whether he can actually make that miracle happen again and, and how close to it being a miracle would it actually be if that happens? Uh, well, the odds suggest that it would be a, a mini miracle. They're a double figure price uh, to get promoted. They're 12 to one to get promoted but they are the kind of the first of the chasing pack you've got Leeds all the way to Aston Villa who have kind of formed a breakaway group in the the promotion odds Nottingham Forest then come after Villa uh, at 12 to 1 followed by Bristol City at 14s and Birmingham and Hull at 16s they're ninth in the table at the moment. They're four off those playoff places. Michael, one of those, asking at the Totally Football Show, a Totally Show even, what does Martin O'Neill bring to Nottingham Forest? Do you think he can get them up into the playoffs this season? It sounds like that's got to be minimum. I think we've said all along that we fancy them for the for the playoffs. They've got some some really good attacking players. You know, we've waxed lyrically about Lolly, mm. the goals of Graben. Um, I know Murphy started at the weekend. Struggling defensively at the moment because they're missing players and um, Fox and Derek were sent off in that game. He's going to have suspensions to deal with. Uh, he's probably not going to have the bodies that he's going to want to work with. Maybe he might go to a back three, which he did during that successful time at, at Leicester. But yeah, if he, if he tightens them up uh, defensively, they've got goals in the team. I still believe they can get in the playoffs. Little nod to Reading, that 2-0 win over Forest uh, the weekend. First win for Gomez. Yeah, really good. I think he's made a fairly positive start. Actually, I know that they lost um, to United in the in the cup, but they outshot them, um, outpassed them actually. And in this game, they had, I think they had fifty five percent possession. So clearly, he's making the style. You know, we're going to look after the ball better. And yeah, I think they they won the game comfortably. Forest were all over the shot. They they lost their discipline, as, as Sam's indicated. But but yeah, um, I would suggest that the early signs indicate Reading uh, are on an upward curve with this mm. guy. Upward curve for that read Sheffield United. 1-0 winners over QPR. Four on the bounce for them. That, that little bit of a slight wobble, didn't they? I'll get your assessment, but Steve McLaren, QPR manager, says you have to take their challenge for automatic promotion seriously, very seriously. They always give themselves an opportunity. They've got goal scorers in Sharp and McGoldrick. If they keep scoring, they'll be up there. They've made a good signing. In Medine, he brings power to an already powerful team. They're top six. I expect them to stay there. Anyone argue with that? No, I, I think they've got a great chance. This was a, a telling victory because they didn't play brilliantly. They were up against a team in form that was stubborn and they found a way to win the game. And that is the sign, isn't it, of, of teams that are capable of going up. And, and yeah, McGoldrick's got quality. Wonderful goal, wasn't it, Sam? I mean, the ball in was one that I really admired. I think it was Norwood just whipped in an absolute beauty. Great header. And they had Medine on the bench. Dowell, uh, the kid from, from Everton, has gone on loan. So, so they've bolstered the, the numbers. Really impressive Ender Stevens. I think he had another good game. Mm. Adds great balance, doesn't he, down that left-hand side. Key man. So no, they're looking good. I, I, I still don't fancy them for top two. I don't, I don't know why. I just think player for player they might be a little bit short. But yeah, very impressive um, run for them. Yeah, QPR a bit, a bit flat. I enjoyed Chris Wilder's um, 
a conversation with a reporter after the game where he said, you know, QPR was slowing down the game using wasting time tactics. As soon as they conceded, they were like Benny Hill, you know, just like <laughs> running around, darting around. So I don't know if it was a negative approach from QPR, but I think they'd have snapped your hand off for a point. And yeah, I think the points you make about the players that have come in, very, very impressive. A little bit Neil Warnock-esque, uh, stockpiling at the top end of the pitch. Now they've got four options, mm. striker-wise, but uh, the second best defensive record in the league as well. So not to be sniffed that defensively, very sound and got plenty of goals in the team. QPR now um, level on points with Hull after their 3-0 win. Hull and that run that they've made, if we were, are talking about which team's going to sneak into the playoffs, what story there would be? They just feel like they've got that momentum behind yeah, them. Yeah, they're starting to believe, aren't they? I mean, the fans still aren't really filling up the cake, are they? It's pretty empty. But but in terms of what they're doing on the pitch, it's brilliant. Um, reminds me a little bit of when they went up before. I think it's 11 years ago, to, to 07, 08, where at this stage of the season, they were 10th. And they kicked on under Phil Brown and got got into the playoffs and then won it by beating Bristol City. So they've done it before. Mm. Um, I like what I'm seeing. Obviously, you've got Bowen and Grzycki. They're the they're the star talent, aren't they? A sprinkle of stardust that they've got. They're the match winners. Um, but yeah, they've they've got Chris Martin at the top of the pitch as well. Fraser Campbell. They've got goals. New centre back partnership. Very impressive. Davies and Reese Burke. Might have gone pear-shaped once Elphick was recalled to Villa, but they've reunited these two. And since then, they've hardly kind of conceded a goal. The two against Sheffield Wednesday didn't have a shot on target. Ben yeah. Woodburn's been... Uh, they're one of the clubs that Ben Woodburn's been linked mm. to going to mm. as well. I mean, they do look at the areas that you need to strengthen. Woodburn would be a good acquisition, but I think Rangers are also supposedly mm. in for him. Is yeah. Scottish Rangers? He was at Sheffield United, wasn't he? Yeah. I think, yeah, I wrote about him early part of the season being one to watch. <laughs> Hasn't quite materialised, but yeah, he'll, he'll obviously go out again. I think it's the story in the Championship at the moment, what Nigel Atkins has done. Um, that said, I was a little bit scathing about some of his decisions at Millwall last week in the Cup because they surrendered quite easily there. But, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, because they've, they've cantered to another victory. Um, six, weeks, six straight wins in the league. First time that's happened in the top two divisions since 1910. And I think that says it all. Loads of goals in the team. And I think Adrian's right to highlight defensively, uh, Burke coming in for, for Elphick and three clean sheets on the spin. Kind of the, the marker, if you look at those other clubs down there, Ipswich, Bolton and, and Reading, if they can pull any of the sense of Hull together <laughs> and project themselves up the league, if, no, big if. Can't see it. No. On the subject of, of transfers, um, West Brom won, Norwich won and Harvey Barnes going back mm. to, to Leicester. We said, what what impact would that make? Um, phew, West Brom, all that he gave to them, difficult now. Yeah, well, he's brilliant, wasn't he? I think he's arguably the best player in the championship so they're going to miss him but but they've, they've got a lot of good forward players haven't they the baggies so Darren Moore's not not short of creative inspiration probably will need to replace him I guess um, personally I still think I still think their weakness is at the back I know that he, he he was a great defender himself Darren Moore but again look at that goal for Norwich it was a really good goal from Jordan Rose. Lovely, you'd like this one. That cushion finish, that was class, wasn't it, from Jordan Rose? Well, the delivery was from um, Kenny McLean, who yeah. I played with at oh, St. Mirren, really? and yeah. um, like John McGinn, actually, mm. was in that team and been waiting for him to get fit just to see what he can produce in the championship. Mm. And uh, you'll like him. He's um, mm. he's a bit casual, yeah. but loads of ability. He's not got that, I suppose, that engine and that mm. determination that McGinn's got, but lovely on the ball and um, yeah reminded me of a few that he put in for me yeah and uh, Hagazi the defending 
was rubbish for that goal. <laughs> like the, Jordan Run, Jordan Rose made a, made a nice little run, but I mean he he created about four yards of space in no time at all. Hagazi for me is is a weak link. Any other result you want to go through? Brentford three, Stoke one. Nathan Jones, what have you done? Uh, just because that rhymed. No, I just think me and Adrian obviously spoke prior to the Bolton game a few weeks ago about, or I think it was Hull City, about maybe Thomas Frank being replaced. So Mm. I think we have to credit him for what he's done, changing the system. I think prior to the Bolton game, got them the 1-0 win, 3-4-3 they're playing now. And by all accounts, Makocho and Sawyers, well Makocho in particular, one of the best performances at Griffin Park this season. He was sensational, obviously an aggressive midfield player, but showing good feet, good technical ability as well. Do you still think we have to wait till the end of January to pass judgment on them in case of those that might be leaving? Possibly. Southampton supposedly now sniffing around a couple of them. Yeah, quite possibly. I think Mopai and Anna Watkins, two obvious ones. Sawyers, I think that Dean Smith link. Rico Henry now in the side, who Dean had at Walsall as well. Mm. He's only just back in. But yeah, they've got loads of talented players there. It was a difficult first game for, for Nathan Jones, obviously. He went with his diamond and I think the the manner in the which Brentford play with the width, the electricity and those four players in the wide areas, I think they struggled. Going to be interesting to see if Nathan Jones perseveres with his diamond because you need the flying fullbacks that he had at Luton in Stacey mm-hmm. and um, Justin. So maybe with Edwards on the right-hand side, he's got great delivery, but Peter's good player, great professional. Not sure he's going to give him that dynamic running that he needs in that system yeah no impressive impressive from Brentford Rico Henry can't remember why rewind the clock and he was the next big thing wasn't he really in terms of promising fullbacks tip for the Premier League so now that he's back it was a good goal by the way Uh, again and (laughs) it sounds like I'm picking on centre-backs but again Shawcross and I know he's had a great career but the way he just skipped past Shawcross was a bit too easy I thought for that goal Um, I think he's a weak link moving forwards for Stoke but no Brentford were great Sam picked out all the, all the right things I think that, that Barbe I really like it I think he's got one of the best left foots in the championship and playing him at left centre back in a three with uh, Rico Henry outside I think is a really smart move so um, yeah Thomas Frank who we all wanted out or we all said he should go is, he has turned it around so well done to him uh, we'll get Nathan Jones perspective from Gary Sweet from Luton in, in just a bit too and talk about their hunt for a new manager but Stoke Nottingham Forest Hull kind of the three we focused on Joe for Stoke Stoke for Stoke uh, what how's he going to do there anyone's on on Stoke I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle for him. I think with the players that Stoke have, uh, you could easily see them being a, a promotion candidate. However, for whatever reason, it, it, it didn't work under the previous manager. And I think it's going to be hard for him now to get into the, the promotion mix. The odds suggest very much that, that scenario. It's 20 to 1 for Stoke to get promoted. It's not just the fact that they're, they're eight points off it. It's that quality of team that they've got, they're in 15th between them and making six. They've put together a couple of mini runs over the course of this season, so it's not completely out of the question mm. that they do so again. And if you look at somebody like Hull, they were 5-2 to two for relegation midway through November. They're now 250-1 to one for relegation. Clearly, they're not going to go down. And they're, they're, they're in there. They're a shorter price now than Stoke are for promotion. They're 16-1. to one. Yeah, whole intent. Yeah, I was just going to say that the I was really surprised about the odds with Villa being ahead of 
Head of Forest, given you know Villa, Villa they were horrible, weren't they, at the weekend? So they're, they're prone to throw in these performances, Aston Villa. I don't think they're by any means a shoe in. But a word on on Wigan, how to make an impact. Anthony Pilkington, I thought that was a really smart smart move from from Cook to bring him in. They needed a wide man. Their wingers hadn't really been delivering this season. That was a brilliant piece of wing play. Cheeky little nutmegs on uh, Taylor, wasn't it? Great ball, a uh, great little cutback um, for the goal, and and they were flying Wigan. So that was that was a great performance from the Latics. Wigan three 0 winners over Aston Villa, and talk that they could move for Connor Townsend from West Brom as well. I know he's been he's been kept out of the team by Kieran Gibbs at the moment, but talk that he could be one of those linked. Right, Championship done and dusted. Thank goodness. We'll head into the far more stable League One next. Make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday Reloaded coupon from William Hill. Available in all William Hill branches across the UK. With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply. You can find out more at williamhill.com. And remember, when the fun stops, stop. Leaders Portsmouth came unstuck at home to Blackpool. Sunderland and Luton were stuck together at 1-1 and 10 men. Although tip of the hat to the managerless hatters extending their League One unbeaten streak to 14 games. Wimbledon are finding the bottom sticky despite grafting a point at Coventry. Their situation not helped by Plymouth's three points at Southend and Oxford United's draw at Fleetwood. Bristol Rovers heaved themselves out of the relegation places with a goalless draw at Accrington. First up then, the biggest month in the history of Luton. Not just me saying that. I read a paper article. It said it. Manager Hunt, ground Hunt, Hunt to play Chelsea in the FA Cup. The man for the big occasions. CEO Gary Sweet is here. Hello, Gary. Hi, Caroline. Hi, everybody. Is, is that a bit of pressure that I've just heaped on you? I mean, you know all of that, right? Oh, I love pressure. I mean, it's not... <laughs> pressure's not... If you come into football, there, there you can't avoid it. So, uh, so there's no point, point in being a shrinking violet. We've got thick skins here and, and we, we crack on and, and thrive on it. What's the biggest out of all of that? I'm going to answer it by saying the ground, right? Well, absolutely. You know, um, there are actually two fixtures, I call them. You know, there's there are two committee dates that we've got with um, our sort of planning committee, our council, uh, one tomorrow evening and then the other one on the 30th. We've got two applications that have been submitted, which actually won't just reshape Luton Town Football Club, it will reshape Luton and something that we feel very passionately about. And so tomorrow evening deals with the football stadium right in the heart of, of Luton town centre and the application that goes forward for approval we hope on the 30th will then deal with a whole load of other things you know offices and leisure hotel retail um, on the outskirts of town which which will effectively provide us with some some capital to get the other project going so both of those are really important to us really important i mean i i, I did quote in that newspaper that actually you know to me they're, they're more important than the 1959 and 1988 Wembley appearances that we that we had and I, I honestly believe that I do, do think they're the two most important dates in Luton's history 
In the next few hours, you've got the replay in the FA Cup, the manager hunt too. Adrian Clark, you can go anywhere you like. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm at the game actually tonight. Looking forward to, to doing co-commentary of, of your game. Uh, it's going to be another oh, bump, bumper crowd at Kenilworth Road, I'm sure, so, which, which is another reason why the new stadium will, will, will be handy, won't it? Because you can obviously bring more people through the turnstiles, yeah. um, increase revenue. Yeah, well, we, we, we've had sellouts a lot this season. We've got, we'll have a sellout most likely tonight there's another sellout against Peterborough at the league game on Saturday so we, we desperately need it for football reasons a new, new, new environment you know we've needed a new environment since 1957 Adrian so you know I, I mean I don't remember that but actually you know this place is, is it's an old beast we love it you know she's our old girl but she's creaking at the seams now and, and we do desperately need to move on Gary it's Sam Parkin here how you doing? Yeah, good, Sam. Yeah, uh, I'm very pleased that you've got some strikers full of goals at the moment. But I want to talk to you about some of the players in other areas of the pitch. I know your phone's going to be busy this week and and for the next month or so. But are you expecting some interest in some of those younger players that you've got that are doing so well, considering your position in the well, league we, as well? Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, I mean, we've had some some notional interests. You know, uh, we, we've had, we've had no offers, and and that's that's pleasing. We don't really want any offers. We we're, we're strong put out nearly 30 million quid of, of, of effective cash on, on those bits of land and the planning applications, etc. You know, people know out there, you know, the football business knows that we, you know, we don't let, get, let players go cheaply and we wouldn't do that in this situation, particularly where we are in the league. You know, I mean, most of those players where there might be interests will be from championship clubs and, you know, we will be there next year, we hope. So so why would they want to move on to another football club when we, they can actually achieve something with us without all the, the rigmarole of change, you know, keep the momentum going with us and, and be there next year. And, and we're always, we always say, actually, that if a footballer of ours effectively progresses at a faster rate than, than the club is, then they go with our best wishes and, and obviously as long as we do a good deal. But in this case, I think we're actually progressing at the same rate. So, you know, we're both doing great. We both have the same objectives and aims. So so that's that's really harmonious. And actually the, the, the squad are exactly that, harmonious. They're tight-knit. They're all mates. It's their family. Hmm. Before we let you go, I'm currently being screened out, I'm sure, as everyone's listening to this at home. When will you appoint a manager? Well, because of those two fixtures that I consider to be a far greater priority at the moment, I do, you know, we we do generally have to ha- genuinely have to spend quite a bit of time focusing on that at the moment, and hence the reason why we 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 needed to stabilise that ship with with you know with Nick and we had Inio Inio Idiakis who, who stepped up as first team coach as an interim role yesterday. We're in safe hands at the moment, mm. so I'm not going to put a, a time scale on it because you know Friday we might find or or you know saturday monday next week whatever that, that an application will come in and we think well that that that's that's somebody who who's available or you know whatever but you know what i, I don't really want to go and and start sort of scavenging other football clubs for their manager in the way it was done to us I just don't don't really like that it doesn't sit well with us that's not to say we won't do anything you know this this month during the january transfer window i think that's always a a, a dangerous time to do to do that i think there should be a ban on on, on application on on sorry manager manager changes during the during the windows anyway but you know it, it's not something we're going to really rush into i think the most important thing is we get the right man whether that be you know uh, tomorrow next month or after however long it takes us to, to, to find that right man. You're a bad, bad man, because I was going to hang up on you and you've dropped in there scavenging. Dro-
dropped in then a ban on managers moving and I need to hang up on you. Don't do that to me, Gary Sweet, but I will take all those quotes that you've just written and no doubt everyone else has just heard them too and we will explore them in the future. Gary Sweet, thank you. Happy to, anytime. Gary Sweet, uh, CEO. Oh, I mean, I can explore them with you all now. He has dropped just in there right at the end about the, the scavenging in reference to, to Nathan Jones, we assume. And uh, putting this ban on managers moving during transfer windows, interesting concept. Yeah, it's funny. It looked like the perfect marriage, didn't it, with Nathan Jones? And I think the supporters were quite pleased with the outcome of the weekend, getting a point at the Stadium of Light and obviously Stoke City going down. So, yeah, I think Luton sound like they're disappointed with the way that's mm. that's occurred, which is understandable because they You'd were in a great place. You'd want them to yeah, be. Yeah, and Nathan, I mean, he was great value when he came on this show. And when I've been down to Kenworth Road, he's very much a, a badge kisser and, yeah. a, and a fist pumper <laughs> and all that. And the supporters believed in him and thought he was on this journey. Listen, I'm not one to question him because when you're hot, you're hot. And when you get the opportunity to move on and earn better money, you've got to go in this industry. He, he couldn't say no to that to that gig. He, he's an ambitious guy, very dri- one of the most driven people I've ever known in football, actually, Nathan. And he had to take the chance. I, I don't think there's any hard feelings between him and the club at all. But but yeah, with, between Luton and Stoke, I get it. Mm. Um, personally, I think maybe, maybe we should look at I don't know, transfer fees for, for managers that you, you, you take off someone else. At the moment, it's an arbitrary sort of compensation negotiation isn't it maybe maybe there should be price tags put on managers moving forwards to, just to deter it from happening more regularly it would mean that Joe's a lot quieter because we can't ask him about odds on who's going where during that particular period you may enjoy that Joe you may enjoy that Sunderland one Luton one all we've got time left for is a Sunderland stat Sam and Mick Harford Sunderland boy going back to Stadium Alight with his with his adopted team is that involved Luton. in the stat no but I, can I just say I enjoyed um Danny Hilton getting sent off for an elbow. Mick was like, nothing in it. Like that. I'm going to go and put my elbows in vinegar again. Yeah, the Sunderland stat is the only team in England that scored in every get league game this season. There is a team in Scotland, if anyone wants to hazard a guess. It's Wraith Rovers. So there you go. How long, uh, how long do we get to hazard a guess? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was going to get Wraith Rovers. Uh, maybe. Um, maybe. So yeah, Sunderland. Scored in every game. Another good stat I, I jotted down from this game, actually. Uh, 21 fouls right, from Sunderland. Man. Sorry, yeah, I don't, don't want don't to outshine you in Let the stat him front. Have his moment. No, I'm not going to. The stats are my thing, Sam. Sorry. And the 21 fouls from Sunderland, which I just think is an incredible amount. They're a little bit dirty. Portsmouth top on 57 points. Luton on 53. Sunderland on 52. Charlton on 50, I have to say it like that, and Barnsley on 49, who some tipped, of course, to be in that position. Has anything changed odds-wise, Joe Critty? Not much, if we're being honest. Good. Uh, it's it's all pretty uh, pretty tight at the top still. Uh, Pompey have uh, extended their lead ever so slightly, uh, despite the, the result of the weekend. Two to seven for promotion. And then three teams, odds on uh, for promotion as well. Luton 4-9, to nine, Sunderland 4-6 to six, and Barnsley 5-6. to six. So Luton actually second favourites to go up now. There were some crazy odds at the weekend on Blackpool. I don't know if you saw this story. There was, there was speculation from the Blackpool Sports Trust that they might face a 12-point deduction. It was just... It was just a talking point. They, they suggested this is, this is in sort of relation to uh, Valerie Bellicon maybe taking over or appoint, appointing a court receiver to run the club. That's that's what they were speculating at. 
speculating. And as a consequence, Blackpool's odds on, on being relegated went crazy ahead of their their now famous victory, I guess, at Portsmouth. So I just wonder if that's redressed, whether the balance has been redressed in, in the in the odds on Blackpool, because I don't know whether it fired them up or not, but it certainly worked. Yeah, Blackpool are, are very much out of the, the the relegation conversation. As far as the odds are concerned, they're, they're three to one to go down. Uh, which may sound short, but there's actually nine teams ahead of them in the betting. Blackpool 1-0 winners at Portsmouth. Walsall 1, Scunthorpe 2. I'm off to a Walsall on Thursday, but I know you, uh, there's been quite a bit of fan correspondence regarding Walsall, Sam. Yeah, if I can just refer to my notes, because obviously I know the people that are involved and I've obviously read some of the literature, but to um, give a strong opinion at this stage probably wouldn't be too wise for mm. me. Um, not anger directed at the team as such, although I think Dean Keats is coming under a little bit of criticism given the, the run that they're on. Yeah, it's more directed at Jeff Bonds, the, the chairman, the chief exec, Stefan Gamble, Dan Mould, director. These are people that were doing different roles when I was at the football club 10 years ago. Jeff was the chairman. I think it's just a disconnect between the club and its supporters, a lack of facilities at the ground, a lack of much of a buzz, match day experience, ticket pricing, things like this. And I think just the feeling that there's not much enthusiasm to kind of get the next generation of supporters supporting Walsall and it's obviously a saturated area with clubs and it's a problem because there's talk of protests I think they can't believe that the chairman really wants to get this club into the championship and there's talk of money having to be paid for the rent of the ground rather than going on the playing budget I think it's just all manner of problems which is making it really difficult for Walsall supporters to get invigorated about going to watch their team which is is sad it's their 11th straight season in league one after such a bright start to the season when me and adrian were really talking up their hopes yeah. a, a vibrant front two uh, dobson a good young player playing in the midfield it's just all gone a little bit pear-shaped so i would say stagnating on the pitch and off it at the moment so I suppose watch this space it doesn't sound like it's going to get better anytime soon uh, the reason I'm going to the Bescott on Thursday is it's the National League EGM which is being held there and always incredibly welcoming anytime you talk to but uh, last time we were there a couple of fans came up to us in the car park and were just saying that they just want something they want a bit of a spark the, the, the clubs are nothing without the fans so you want to have representation but I mean the chaps that I knew there Stefan was doing a different job Dan Moll was I think doing the programme at that time they are local people I suppose it's the regime that you're working for isn't it, it, it it's difficult I think for guys like that that probably do have the club at their heart mm. and, and they probably feel like the supporters I think there's a big question as to whether Jeff's going to step aside if there has been parties interested in taking the club over I think they just want transparency the supporters to what is going to be Jeff Bonds's exit strategy when that comes right then we'll take a pause here get yourself a cuppa change train or sit back and relax we'll be back in a tick people of the totally football shows you know what you could be listening to right here you your company your product out here in front of hundreds and thousands of listeners who are mostly men between the ages of 25 and 44 as well as the twice-weekly Totally Football Show, we've got a network of other football shows. There's Galazzo for the discerning cosmopolitan listener. There's the Totally Football League Show for the loyal hardy listener. And there's the Totally Scottish Football Show for your listener who likes those big square sausages. And we've got even more podcasts on the way in 2019, some of them not even based around football or indeed sport. 
To discuss advertising on one of the Totally Football shows or across the Muddy Knees Media Network, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. We reach well over a million pairs of ears each week, and now you can too. Email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. At the tip to the top, they won't stop in League Two, although they will slow down. The nine men of Lincoln let their two-goal lead slip in a 2-2 at Swindon. Gig Lane has gone daft. That was the quote on Sky Sports. And daft it did go between two other promotion hopefuls. Barry winning 4-3 over Milton Keynes. All that means Lincoln's lead is down to three. At the other end, Macclesfield's Sol Campbell, TM, continue to climb out of the soup. A 2-0 triumph at Grimsby. And they've can opened a three-point gap over bottom of the Football League, Notts County, who were beaten at home by fellow strugglers, Cambridge United. Four hours, three hours, maybe two. We've got five minutes to talk about Barry four. Three over Milton Keynes. Oh, it was a mega game, wasn't it? it was absolutely awesome to watch. Breathtaking performance, you have to say, from Berry. Um, 27 shots against a team of MK Don's quality. It's just it's just ridiculous, really. 3-1 uh, down at half-time. Yeah, Ryan Lowe is doing a great job. I spoke to him on uh, on the radio last week. And he's a really sort of upbeat character. And I liked him. And I liked the cut of his jib. Didn't have that as much money as, as they've had in previous years to play with. But yeah, they've got some great great talent, haven't they, on the show. Just brilliant going forward. I think they've scored four or more goals on six occasions this season, which is crazy. And yeah, I would hazard a guess that, that Barry will now be in that top three at the end of the season. Mr Tisdale says that wasn't a disaster of a performance. It was a disaster of a result. Had laryngitis as well, didn't he? Yeah. After the game, could hardly speak. That's um, why I went lower. Yeah, you've got a little <laughs> throat do, thing going I do on, have haven't a you? Tickle. Yeah, six times I think this has happened now that they've um, been in winning positions and ended up losing points. So I think that's the thing that he identified straight after the game and something that they're going to have to work on. But I think Berry just slightly edged it and, and good value, especially considering. They're a bit of a mess. The MK goals, a couple of set pieces, wonderful free kick from from Lewington. I suppose we speak about Harvey Barnes at the, the top level. Healy's gone back to Cardiff as well, so they're going to have a little bit of a hole to fill there. The top of the pitch, Agarden and EK have been great. Peter Paul at played uh, just behind them at the weekend, so a bit of reshuffling going on there, and we'll have to wait and see how much of a gap that's left in the squad. Swindon to Lincoln to again sendings off. For Lincoln, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were they were quite bad ones, weren't they? I mean, they were idiotic. The one for Shackle, descent. I mean, come on. I mean, he's an experienced player. I don't mm. know what he was thinking there. The other one was for a stamp, wasn't it? You could see it just about on the screen when I watched it on TV. So you see, I had no arguments on both. Obviously, the highlight of the game was that that wonder volley from uh, Macarthur. I mean, that is. I think it was described on the on the EFL show, wasn't it, as a once in a career hit, and I, I could kind of get that. It, it was so sweet. It's funny you should say that because of uh, uh, Danny Cowley and Harry Toffler after the game said he does it every day in training. Yeah. So <laughs> clearly, like you know, very capable boy. The other side of it is um, Richie Wellen said irrelevant of the the last hour, the first half an hour, Swindon played them off the pitch. Mm. I think an incredible amount of shots and crosses they had and and what have you. So I think both managers leave really pleased. Danny Cowley because of the the spirit and Richie Wellens because they're starting to get an identity at at Swindon and yeah, Michael Doughty on at half-time into central midfield and he changed the game because he's when a team's sitting in in a low block. The the, the, the equalising goal actually, I think there were 16 bodies in and around the penalty spot. It was unbelievable because they're, you know, you just camped in nine men shuffling across and it's going to be shots from distance. But Michael has got that, that quality and I'm pleased for him because he's looked a little bit 
down the last few weeks, probably because the results haven't been great. He's not been playing every minute of every game. He's a big player for Swindon. They need him on side and confident. Yeah, you could smell it coming. The other end, Grimsby nil, Macclesfield two, Notts County nil, Cambridge United one. Notts County still rooted to the bottom, twenty-one points. Macclesfield now twenty-four points. Yeovil twenty-seven, Morecambe twenty-eight, Cambridge United twenty-nine, Port Vale twenty-nine, Cheltenham twenty-nine. That's where it gets tighter. It's working for Sol Campbell. Yeah, well, it's a stinker of a weekend for Notts County, wasn't it? Because they obviously lost the six-pointer against Cambridge. Yeovil go and beat Mansfield away, yeah. which they, they couldn't have predicted. And Macclesfield as well winning at Grimsby. I, I was looking at the stats on, on Macclesfield. Since Sol was announced, this was before the Exeter game where he was pictured he was there, wasn't he? He'd agreed to take over. Since then, they've had four clean sheets. Prior to that, they'd had one. So clearly he's he's improved their solidity as a team. Well, also... if, if there's any area that Sol Campbell <laughs> should have thought... Yeah, yeah look, we, we, least... we, we took the mickey a little bit out of the appointment. It's beginning to make us eat our words, isn't he, So I, You have to say that they are a better team mm. under him than they were previously. They're playing some... They're working really well as a team. They're actually scoring more goals as well. It's, I think it's uh, less than a goal a game before. It's now more than a goal a game they're scoring. So, so look, it's, it's, they're on they're on the march, Macclesfield. And if you, you look at the bottom two, who might now survive on form? You have to say Macclesfield have got a better chance than the than the mighty Notts County. I, I wonder, Joe, how things have, have shifted now um, for Macclesfield since Sol Campbell coming in. But also in the Nottingham Post, there was a good bit on Neil Ardley saying he faces a massive task of trying to save Notts County's Football League status and is striving to improve the squad. How do you attract players when you're in a relegation dogfight, Sam? Very difficult. Lone players, people that want a club. Uh, come to the club because they see the potential if they are to survive and it's a, it's a big club it's well supported but no they're in a really tricky spot you know, a couple of managers this season some good individuals but not a team I mean it's almost similar to the, St- the Stokes scenario a yeah. couple of divisions higher I-, I just couldn't see him turning that round I thought it was going to be really difficult they may stay up by hook or crook but it's going to be a, a real fight and, and Macclesfield we have to start eating humble pie because you know they're playing some really good stuff Macclesfield really good stuff high pressing uh, knocking it around making Grimsby go awfully long in that game as well and you know it's a fantastic result for Macclesfield and they're in a really good place right now Notts County the opposite County have already had three managers this season if they do go down it looks increasingly likely that they will do they stick with Neil Ardley and see if he can bring them back up out of the National League or do they go for somebody with experience at that level? Uh, I think you'd have to if he wanted to do it, Neil Ardley, just to have a bit of continuity. They've let the three managers, the two managers already go this season. Yeah, because I think it, when he took the job, attractive for a manager like I just touched on, big club, mm. big fan base, but the predicament they're in in terms of the playing squad a really low ebb so yeah I think you'd have to continue if if you could I'm not willing to swing that one yet because I remember when Portsmouth looked like they might come down into non-league football and all preparations were made because you've got to think if they're coming down into the National League the attendances how that might affect things with other clubs down there too just not ready to blink just yet over Notts County should we have a quick look then at what's coming up this weekend Friday night Norwich up against Birmingham. Birmingham after that 2-1 defeat at home to Middlesbrough. Stoke leads Nathan Jones. Uh, Villa, Hull, Charlton, Accrington, Luton, Scunthorpe, Sunderland. Forest Green Rovers up against Berry. Ooh, Christian Deutsch shirts. 
Joe, you go and you enjoy a Christian Deutsch shirt. Uh, Newport, Exeter and Yeovil, Notts County. Anyone want to go anywhere? Well, all eyes on the Stoke City training ground this week, obviously. <laughs> see, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> Wouldn't you just admire Bielsa even more if he sent someone to go and watch Nathan Jones prepare his team for that game? It's a big one, isn't it? Um, first home game. For, well, for first league home game. I know they've got a cup replay um, before that. The one that stands out for me is Villa versus Hull because Villa have lost... 3-0, two games running, that, that, that sort of wave that they were riding has kind of just fizzled out. You don't want to be playing Hull City when your confidence is low and uh, it'd be fascinating to see if Hull can go to Villa Park. If they can go there and spank Dean Smith's team, then we have to take Hull seriously. Luton, Peterborough, given everything we've spoken about with, with Gary Sweet, will again be a, another, in a week of big matches for them, will again be another big one. I, I was joking with you with Forest Green Rovers, but, but do you fancy the one, Joe? Yeah, I, th- I think there's going to be a few Bolton fans making the journey, especially considering that Bolton's match isn't on until Monday evening. I think that's probably the reason why Dale Vince has uh, allocated this as the Bolton Wanderers' uh, come and support Forest Green match. Very clever. I'm pretty sure it doesn't have that snappy title. Uh, But from what I've seen on social media and from what I've heard from a few mates, it it seems like a a ground that a lot of Bolton fans won't have ticked off. Uh, And I think there may be quite a a large contingent heading to the match. Uh, I'm still 50-50 as to whether I'm going to go, but... Yeah, I think it would be good. And the fact that it's up against Berry, who are one of Bolton's main rivals as well, is is even better. If you go, will you take your dad? Will you record a match report? He won't go to, to <laughs> Then I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not interested in you anymore, Joe Crilly. I am, clearly. Sam? Just because I know Adrian wanted to talk about it as well, I'm going to shoehorn the most random fixture of all time in. Bradford against Southend. We've got to mention Charlie Kelman's goal. 17 years old, I spoke to Kevin Mayer over the weekend. Obviously, Southend under-23s manager. Former Chelmsford City manager. Yeah, yeah. Good golfer. Anything else? No. Good passer. I'm done. Very good passer. Fearless, this young boy. Uh, came over from America, 14 years of age. Said he'd score goals consistently throughout all the, the, uh, the younger age groups. Goes over and trains with the first team. Doesn't look out of place at all. I think there's already people aware of him and mm. probably going to be looking at him and the goal unbelievable I think he's an out and out striker showing that ability must have different facets to his game incredible maybe the goalkeeper could have done a little bit better lost his bearings but yeah really impressive goal and and Bradford got battered by Barnsley big upturn under David Hopkin they'll expect to get maximum points at home to Southend you have all been gorgeous thank you in the meantime make sure you've subscribed have written review and told your friends all about us as ever you can get in touch via at the totally show sam adrian joe thank you goodbye you've been listening to the totally football league show a muddy knees media production for sales and advertising email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on apple Podcasts, spotify audio boom and everywhere else you get your audio on demand supporting your team can be a beautiful thing but then come the injuries the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats That's a little bit like life, really. And here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. 
So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.